Apologies for those uh, technical difficulties. Things went weird over where Travion is. Hey, man, if you, uh, and, uh, you're you not a fan of the technical difficulties, difficulties word up. What's the, the word? word? <laughs> We're going down in the funky kind of world. You know? I think of the corn version when I hear this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I think of, um, I think it's Grandma's Boy. No, it's a uh, 40-year-old virgin where he's doing, like, the karaoke oh, in God, his house. God, weird thing. <laughs> The high pitch weird. Yeah. <laughs> know exactly what you're meaning. Dude, that was perfect. It's hour two of the game. Travion's on the phone right now, getting in contact with our next guest. Uh, tomorrow at Bramlage, it's a basketball doubleheader at 5.30. The K-State men tip off against Kansas City. The Ruse are 1-3. The Cats 2-0. and oh. Meanwhile, K-State women's basketball will host number 4 Iowa for the main event of the doubleheader at 8 o'clock. K-State women are also 2-0. and oh. I, I don't know Iowa's record. I imagine they're undefeated. They're very good. Caitlin Clark, one of the best guards in the country, will be in Bramlage tomorrow night. I was looking at um, uh, the Ruse roster. Shout out to Tom Gilbert hooking me up with a pronunciation guide because I am going to need it tomorrow. I got to say, though, there are uh, there are twin Fords on the team for the Ruse. They're from Germany. All I got to say is they grew up in the United States. They would have a tough time with rolling Ooh. with these names. Their first names are Promise and Precious. Ugh. It's like those two kids, you just really – how big are they? Oh, they're big kids, 6'9". Yeah, you said they're six, fours? 6'9", six, yeah. freshmen. You got to hope that your kid grows up to be 6'9". If you're gonna name them precious, oof, that is that's oof, tough. Boy, that's it tough. is tough. There is also a player from Dakar, Senegal, who is seven two, and a freshman, another another big freshman. Dang, seven two, seven two, yeah. Jeez, I think he, yeah, I, I would imagine he's the tallest player on the team. I'm kind of scrolling through here, seven yeah, two, yeah, some tough names in there. Ooh. They also got a kid from Belgium. They got two. Uh, they got two players from Senegal. Belgium, Germany, and uh, let's see, uh, Dominican Republic of the Congo. Right on. Yeah. They're taking the uh, Gonzaga approach to college basketball. And don't forget Houston, Texas. Uh, hey, Got a couple of players from Houston. Uh, all right. <laughs> and a kid from Overland Park. <laughs> Can't forget Elkhart, Iowa. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next guest. Our guest is Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver. He now joins us to talk a little Cats football here. Before we get there, Curry, I just got to say, I'm sure you didn't listen to the show yesterday, but I did a top ten list of my favorite country songs. Are you interested in hearing what those top ten are? I am. I absolutely am. All right, so from ten to one, Unbelievable by Diamond Rio, Baton Rouge, Colin Baton Rouge, Wichita Lineman, Strawberry Wand, Achy Breaky Heart, El Paso, Marty Robbins, the old tune there. Number four was Islands in the Stream. Three was Straight Tequila Night. We talked about it last week. Yep. Two and one was Guitars, Cadillacs, and Amarillo by Morning. You got you got some good you got some good diversity on there. That's that's a, that's a good list. Also, today is National Fast Food Day. What is your go-to fast food? That's a great question. Um, 
go-to fast food. I would say that, that lately my go-to fast food has been Panda Express. I, I don't know why, but for the last several months I've been, at, I've been heavy on the Panda Express. Um, beyond, beyond that, my wife and I are big Chick-fil-A people, and we, we're, we're diehard Chipotle, Chipotle fans. So I would say those three are kind of my top three. I mess with Chipotle. I mess with uh, uh, with Panda Express. Not so much the Chick Fil A. Um, I I tend to go towards either Canes or Popeyes. Okay, we we eat a lot of Canes too. Can't we just had Canes on Sunday, and you can't go wrong with Canes. Do you still have good metabolism? Uh, yeah, I think so for now. Lucky, I'm jealous. Curry Sexton is our guest. Did you see Saturday coming at all? Thirty-one to three. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I was. I was confident. I was confident going into that game, as we discussed last week. But I, I thought it was going to be a dogfight. I thought it was going to be a, you know, six point game and 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 coming down to the last few possessions. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this team continues to surprise us. I, it's you know both 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 good and bad. But but the ability to to absolutely put a beat down on two really really good football teams and the two teams who appeared in the Big Twelve title game last year. It's just remarkable. Same question, but to Will Howard. He comes in for the second time this season. I'm sure your feeling was a little bit different after coming in for TCU compared to coming in for Baylor. But I'm sure this time around, wasn't surprised to see him just jump into the game and lead the team to a touchdown drive and also put 31 points on the board. Not at all. I, I mean, when he came in the game, I, I was I was excited. I, I sent it. I, you know, I, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of guys that that I that I played with, and I just said, you know, it's 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 big Will Howard time, and and part of me was like, okay, Will, don't don't make me look like an idiot because I've been I've been calling for him to be the guy, but I mean, he just he he continues to impress. Uh, you know, I think over the first two years of his career, the the, the skill set was there, but I think just some of the some of the inexperience and immaturity showed up and and, and maybe took over. And, and superseded his skill set, but now you see a guy who's who's matching skill set with confidence, and he's just a really really good football player. And so I just it's a joy watching him play. I mean, he he plays with such poise and confidence. Um, he changes the dynamic of our offense. I mean, our our whole our whole team our our whole our whole game plan changes when he comes into the game. All of a sudden. We're throwing the football down the field. Ben Sennett becomes a real, you know, becomes a real threat. And then what he does is he opens things up for Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, Deuce had a ton of success through the air and on the ground on Saturday. And I think a lot of that is, is, is you know, partially because of what Will brings to the table. And so, yeah, just very impressed with him. I don't know if I can ask this next question without getting a no-duh type of answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. It's about Ben Sennett, who had two touchdowns, his first two touchdowns of his career. But you also played you know, with a tight end that was very active in the passing game with Travis Tannehill that 2012 season. But what does it do for your offense when it comes to being more versatile of having such an active and athletic tight end? Oh, it's huge. And I, I don't know – I don't know if K State if K State has ever had a guy like him. I think you know the only the only guy who might compare would be a Jaron Mastrude, but but I think even then Jaron was still more of an inline blocker. I mean this this guy has a remarkable skill set. Obviously last year he came in and he was playing a lot of fullback, H back, tight end, and now this year he's he's kind of a jack of all trades. He's still lining up in, in the in the fullback position and and at 
inline tight end, but they're lining them up in, in the slot pretty regularly, and I think that's in part because he's probably our second, third, second or third best receiver. And so now you're seeing a guy with with just with with Matt, with with tremendous size and athleticism who becomes a matchup problem. And so what that does is it, it, it really impact, impacts the defensive game plan because they have to be they have to commit both linebackers and safeties to to a guy like him because obviously a cornerback just isn't going to be able to cover him as we saw on his as we saw on his, his second touchdown. Um, so just you know having a having a weapon like him, you, you can't understate it. I mean, he really is. You know, I think the broadcast referred to him as as, as you know Brock like. And I think so far what we've seen is he does possess some of those same qualities, just the ability to to get open, to make tough catches, to run after the catch. He's he's just been he's just been a a, a, a you know he's been so much fun to watch, and I think a really ple- a pleasant surprise. Well, Kobe Savage is now out for the season, and it's you know it's not the first time, of course, K State has lost a player for the year, offensive lineman is also out for the year. Uh, that's Taylor Potier, who would have been a, obviously a crucial part of that offensive line play this year. But knowing West Virginia and KU are left on the schedule from you making it to a Big 12 championship game, where is your confidence right now that the Cats are Arlington bound? I, I'd say my confidence is, is high, but, I, you know, you gotta you got to be measured with that. I think, I, you know, right now I would say I, I feel about 80%. My, my confidence is about at 80%. You know, going to West Virginia is no is no easy task, and that's you know, since Coach Kleiman came on board, that's one team that that he's had a you know a little bit of uh, of some struggles with, and I think obviously they're down this year, and they probably have a coach who's who's you know who's got one foot out the door, um, and obviously they're kind of juggling back and forth between quarterbacks, but but it's still not going to be easy to go to to Morgantown and get a victory. And so that's a big one. And then that KU game is going to be incredibly tough. I mean, their offense is as as good as as any in the Big 12 Conference. And if they get Jalen Daniels back, um, you know, the missing Kobe Savage is going to be, you know, that's going to leave a void. And we're really going to need to be playing some good football to beat KU next weekend. And so I'm feeling good, but but we have two tough games left. And I I hope that K-State fans aren't looking ahead to December 3rd too much. All right, Curry, to wrap up, I just got to ask. I've heard the background noise. I've been trying to boggle my mind. Of, I was going to try to guess where you are currently at, but I honestly don't have a clue. Where are you at right now? I'm, I'm sorry about that. That's I, okay. I was trying to muffle it. I'm, uh, I'm at Boulevard. I'm at Boulevard's Cap House right now. Oh, <laughs> I would have never guessed you're at a restaurant right now. Yeah, well, it's actually just their it's their brew house or whatever. Just they don't they don't they serve like finger foods here, but okay. I, uh, I have we're 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 having a client happy hour and and uh, I thought I would just try to juggle that in this phone call. So I'm I'm tucked in a corner, but I have a really loud group sitting right behind me. That's all good, man. I'm gonna let you get back to your night because it sounds like a lot of fun. So Curry, I really appreciate your time. We're off pretty much all next week, so I'll, I'll probably talk to you here in a couple of weeks. So happy Thanksgiving. Sounds great, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. That's Curry Sexton, former K State. Wide receiver, excuse me. That uh, sounds like he's having a pretty good time. Brewhouse, excuse me, on the ref on the uh, restaurant there, but uh, I've never been. So, excuse oh really? Me. You, you never been, there? dude? It is cool. It is a cool spot. Pretty jealous right now. I can't lie. I'm fitfully jealous. For some reason, when you said Boulevard Brewhouse, my mind automatically went to Tallgrass Tap House or you know Tallgrass. You yeah, know, yeah. I was like, 
Should have known better. But that's uh, that's hey, man, that's a hell of a night. Keep it local, Curry. You know. Well, he is technically. I lives. know, but he needs to say he's here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to promote anybody in case he drives to Manhattan four times a week <laughs> for the show. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's always great to have Curry on. But when we come back, we're going to talk West Virginia football with Keenan Cummings after the break. It's the game after dark. Literally. Mitch Fortner, David G., Travion Berkland. Troy is out the door. He's heading over to K-State Volleyball. Mm-hmm. We're pregame at 6.15. First serve, 6.30. Cats, and I believe it's the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, has the time change affected you at all? Like, uh, I this year... Nah, for it doesn't usually get me. For whatever reason, this year it has really hit me hard. Yeah, Oklahoma. I was right. Creepy, man. It's like all dark outside and weird. And then I saw a little possum outside. It was like 6.47 the other day. A possum. I go, come on, man. For for a little while, there was like a skunk that would like hang out outside my house. And like when I was doing the morning show, this was over a year ago, I'd walk outside. I could smell him. I was like, oh, boy. Oh. Better get the flash out, light out and look around. He hung out for like a week in the area. You go, hey, man, I don't mean any harm. I don't want any trouble. Yeah, dude. I just want to get to my car. Sure. You do your thing. Yeah. But I do technically like live here. I pay the rent here. So, yeah. You're kind of squatting. Kind of squatting. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Well, Saturday, the Cats in game number 11. I can't believe we're already this far in the season at West Virginia. And it is a a 1 o'clock kickoff. It's going to be televised on ESPN Plus right here on Cayman. We'll have, of course, the coverage beginning four hours prior to kickoff with Powercat Game Day, 9 a.m. with Cole Manbeck, Derek Young, and myself. It's now time to talk West Virginia football with Keenan Cummings, who is from WV Sports. Keenan, I really appreciate your time. So the big news out of Morgantown this week is that West Virginia and Athletic Director Shane Lyons have agreed to part ways. The reason is for a couple of issues, of course, the struggles with the football team, also some budget issues. What's been the reaction in Morgantown to that news? I think you had the feeling that something had to happen. Uh, Maybe not necessarily with Shane, but something um, just with what's been happening with the football program, you know, underperforming in some sports and some other things. So I think that you felt something was going to happen. Some people thought it might have been Neil Brown himself. It was Shane. Um, now, West Virginia's cautioned against assuming this is the first of two shoes to drop. But typically when you bring in another athletic director, it kind of brings questions about. So we'll see how that unfolds. But I think overall, I don't want to say – there's necessarily a positive or negative reaction to this. I think it's more of an end to a mean is how most people kind of look at it right now. Um, it really depends on, you know, that next athletic director. I think the thing that really kind of took me by surprise in a sense is how fast West Virginia expects this search process to be ex- expedited. In the release they sent out, you know, announcing that they, they had decided to part ways with Shane, they said this is, they expect the search to be completed in three to four weeks. So. Looks like this thing's going to be expedited, and I think you'll really start to get some reactions once that pours in. But right now, you know, more people are worried about kind of the direction of the football program and what's happening there than necessarily the athletic. So is it your assumption that if Neil Brown wins out, he can save his job, or maybe his clock is ticking? See, it's it's hard. You, you would assume with a new athletic director that 
you know, they typically they want their own guy. I mean, you don't like to have somebody thrust onto you. But West Virginia is vehemently denying that that's an easy assumption to make. Uh, went out of their way the other day, the new interim AD, Rob uh, also went out of his way to say that, you know, the two fates aren't, aren't connected. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think, obviously, Neil would have to win out at this point um, to feel comfortable. I don't necessarily think it's an automatic, you know, they're moving on given the buyout situation, but I think they would have to win out, have to continue to show improvement because this is a four and six football team. Brown is 21 and 24 in four seasons. Uh, and there's obviously the buyout situation, which is nearly 17 million that kind of tied all this together to start with. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't really have a feel right now one way or the other, but logic tells you based on how these situations typically unfold, that I don't think I'd be comfortable right now if I was Neil Brown. Speaking with Kenny Cummings as we now preview the West Virginia Mountaineer football team, and we'll see if you have a better feeling of who you think might start a quarterback for West Virginia this Saturday, because I was watching the game against Oklahoma, which awesome for the Mountaineers to get that win over the Sooners 23-20. to JT Daniels for the second straight game is uh, sent to the bench and here comes Garrett Green to throw the football around and also ran the ball very well. He had 257 total yards and three touchdowns. But I don't believe Neil Brown has said this week or has made a decision on who it will be. Do you have a feeling we might see both guys or just maybe one or the other? I think there's a chance you could see both, but right now my expectation is Garrett Green can start this football game. Uh, yes, you have not heard from Neil Brown. You probably will not hear from Neil Brown this week. Um, I do not anticipate a quarterback announcement um, for say, but I do think that it would be really hard for West Virginia to turn back to Daniels after what after what Green did. I mean, he obviously injected some life in, into the offense for whatever reason. There you can there's been speculation that perhaps Daniels is injured. Um, West Virginia has denied that, but you look at his play early in the season compared to the last past couple of games. There's definitely a noticeable difference on how the ball is coming out and some other things. So it would not surprise me in the slightest. I, I would actually be almost shocked if West Virginia did not start Garrett Green in this game just based off what he's been able to do and how effective the offense has been compared to you know, how, how Daniels has struggled uh, the past two games. You know, it's funny because I, I kind of feel like there's a similar situation between K-State and West Virginia where it's Adrian Martinez. He's been knocked out of a couple of games due to injury, and that's where Will Howard has shown off that he's a much more improved quarterback. Are the message boards on your website, are fans advocating for Garrett Green to be the guy? Yeah, in, anytime a quarterback struggles. I mean, everybody knows that. The, the backup guy is the most popular guy on the team. Um, that's even more reinforced when the backup goes in and actually plays well. So definitely the thought among the fan base, the consensus among the fan base right now is there is some concern over, you know, what has happened with Daniels because, as I mentioned, you know, Neil's been asked about injury and he's denied it. Um, but it, but something has happened that Daniels just does not look like the same quarterback as the one that went out and, you know, threw the ball well against Pitt, you know, against Baylor you know, led West Virginia to a win on the road against Virginia Tech. He does not look like that guy right now. And um, whether you can pinpoint that or not, fans in the end, it's all about the results. And Garrett Green going out and beating Oklahoma, playing well in relief at Iowa State. Over the past two games, JT Daniels has led one scoring drive. One. And Garrett Green, in much more limited snaps, has led five. 
I mean, and in the end, result it's a results-based business, and I, I think fans want to see good results. You briefly touched on this when talking about Garrett Green, but for the rest of the offense, I mean, a couple of weeks ago you lose C.J. Donaldson, who I've been very impressed with as a freshman and, and a running back role, big guy running for six yards a carry, but now he's here for the rest of the year. I'm a Tony Mathis guy as well, but he's only averaging 54 yards a game, but so much talent wide receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, Caden uh, Prather. When Garrett Green came into the ball game, did you see a lot more life in those guys when it came to the, just the operation of the offense? I think there was more juice, uh, definitely, on offense. Uh, not, not necessarily in terms of execution or necessarily how guys will be used, but the best way to describe Garrett Green is kind of how offensive coordinator uh, Graham Harrell said this week, he's like a puppy dog. He's just excited, <laughs> you know, always energetic, gets everybody fired up, and he's always been that way, you know, even from back when West Virginia was recruiting him. And this is a guy that in today's transfer portal era, you know, really hasn't seen the field much the past couple of years. And, you know, a lot of guys would have left. He hasn't. He's embraced his role as a backup, and when he's been called upon, he's come in and tried, played well. You know, he brings a different element, obviously, from Daniels. He's a guy that's much faster than you would expect. You know, they can use him in a lot of different ways. Uh, he, they ran quarterback counter quite a bit against Oklahoma, had a lot of success. So I definitely think there was a noticeable energy level that was raised when he was in the game and not only you know we mentioned earlier with the fans I mean the stadium it responded in that way when he came in and had some success so I definitely think you can ride that momentum but the question at least from my perspective covering the team is you know sometimes it's easy to kind of capture that magic in the moment you know as a backup come in can you replicate that if you do start the game and do become a starter because that's when it becomes more tricky and you have situations where sometimes guys can't do that. We're speaking with Kenan Cummings as we talk West Virginia football. Uh, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. So against Oklahoma, definitely had one of its best days in the Mountaineers, just allowing 18 points, got to 20 thanks to that you know blocked field goal and return for two points by Oklahoma. But in Big 12 play, allowing 39 points a game, they just allow the opposing offenses to score too many touchdowns. What has been the story? What has led to, I guess, the below average play from the defense? Is it like, you know, you're missing a guy like Charles Woods for most of the year. What's the story? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Now, as you mentioned, they've played much better of late. Uh, the past couple games, they've played better defensively. But earlier in the year, they, they had a bunch of new people in the secondary. He lost some guys to graduation through the portal. And then you lost, you know, the guy you were going to depend on. Charles Woods was going to be the guy that allowed you to do things in coverage. And he got hurt 11 snaps into the season and really is just starting to get back and got hurt again. Uh, it's questionable if he'll play this week against Kansas State. So you've had that going on. Um, you've had really some inconsistent play at linebacker. You know, West Virginia struggled at times just to get lined up, which really has not been the M.O. of this unit. You know, since Jordan Leslie took over in 2020, they've, they've been very successful. Um, the defense has, has not been the issue for West Virginia. Typically, it's been the offense with consistency. And really, it was vice versa at the starting of this year until late with Daniel's struggles. So it's, it's been interesting. You know, a lot of new faces, a lot of turnover, you know, a lot of young guys trying to find their role. But now you're seeing, you know, as you typically do, some of these young guys are starting to grow and feel more confident than they did earlier in the year, which is really allowing them to have some more success. And, and they're tackling better. You know, perimeter tackling has been a big concern 
And the past couple games, West Virginia is actually getting some guys on the ground. Now, it was a uh, topic during Coach Kleiman's press conference. It was brought up once also uh, you know, on my show. It's been talked about how West Virginia is just – they're playing better at home than they are on the road. It's simple as that. Three and two at home this year. They have impressive wins against Oklahoma, Baylor, B. Townsend. Plus, I mean, the losses at home were close. I mean, you really battled with TCU. The KU game went to overtime, and that was a different KU animal at that time. They still had Jalen Daniels. Is there a couple of things you can pinpoint, or is it just a team as a whole – it just clicks a lot more when they're playing at home. This has been a question that West Virginia fans, West Virginia the team, pretty much anybody associated with West Virginia has been trying to answer since 2020. Yeah, Neil Brown is three and eleven on the road since 2020, and you know some of those games are not even competitive. At home, the story's been much different. You know, even even the games they've lost, they've been very very competitive. Um, obviously, they, they honestly probably could have beat TCU. Um, went three and out after the game was a uh, three-point game late. You know, had that Kansas game, stormed back, got a personal foul, and allowed them to get another chance, and they scored. Um, of course, West Virginia turned the ball over next, but I, it's hard to say. I mean, you, you look at all the reasons. West Virginia's tried a lot of different things, you know, between home and road. Is it they're just more comfortable playing at home? You know, I think Neil Brown said it best. If he knew, that, if he knew how to solve it, it'd be solved by now. But for whatever reason, this team for the past few seasons has just not been the same away from Mountaineer Field. But unfortunately for Kansas State fans, they're coming to Morgantown, which typically West Virginia is pretty fired up and ready to go. And I think with it being senior day, should be a pretty good crowd. All right, Keenan, to wrap up, I want to get your thoughts on some uh, Mountaineer basketball. I see... uh... Bob Huggins, his team is three and zero to start the year, and this you know come off a year, I mean, a ton of departures, and also of course a bunch of transfers come in to build the roster this year. But a three and zero start got that backyard brawl victory. What's our thoughts this year about Mountaineer basketball? I think they could surprise. Um, I, I felt that way before the season, you know, because a lot of people when they're looking at these rosters, it's so hard in today's climate to really have a feel. You know, even five even five years ago, you'd go well. You got this guy coming back, this guy coming back. You might have one transfer. And now you look at across the college college landscape in either sport and so much turnover, so many transfers in and out and trying to figure out how it works. And I think the one thing that West Virginia absolutely hit a home run with this, this season is, is with the transfer portal. You know, they, they took some transfers before, uh, more low, you know, low major guys, guys that didn't have a lot of interest. This year, in a lot of a lot of publications, a lot of rankings that kind of follow that stuff. This was a top five transfer class, and that's before they added Jose Perez, who's going to walk on and was preseason player of the year in his league. So he'll be eligible around the time Big Twelve play starts, and that's going to be another interesting dynamic. This is a deep team with some talented guys, and uh, Bob Huggins is really kind of got the roster the way that he wants it. This is a tough-minded defensive team that has more skill than West Virginia has really had in recent years. You know, a guy like Trey Mitchell, familiar with his time at Texas, but West Virginia is using him in a lot of different ways. You know, they're, they're putting him all over, and it's exciting when you're looking at it from a West Virginia perspective because you know, this is a team that's going to rebound and play defense and then has some offense too. That, that's a pretty good combination when you got Bob Huggins on, on, on top of him. Well, Keenan, I think Morgantown actually might be a, a couple of degrees warmer for this game with K-State visiting for a 1 o'clock kickoff uh, there in Morgantown. But greatly appreciate your time, and I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you soon. That is Keenan Cummings, and he is from WVSports.com.
We'll take a break when we come back. Number one song of the day after these words. From 1995, Creep by TLC, four weeks at number one. You lit up as soon as you heard the first couple of beats. That trumpet, man, dude, this is a jam. Everybody talking about waterfalls, and I get it, because it was massive. It went like seven times platinum or whatever. This one here, boy, yikes. If you wanted to go to the middle school dance... (laughs) <laughs> and get you a honey out on the dance floor, they bust this one out? No, oh, boy. Yeah! Were you in middle school in 95? 95 was in fifth grade. But okay, it was still, close. this song was still like, yeah. it was still available in seventh grade. I started kindergarten in, in, when I, in 96. Good God. So I creep. Yeah, just creeping on my dandler. Hey, Travion, you were born in 2000? 2001. Good God. He doesn't even remember 9-11. No. He doesn't even remember TLC. I have all their albums. Whoa! So? Super good. This one's yeah, the best, really, right? They're really great. It's it's pretty good, top to bottom. Their cover of Prince's song on that album is pretty good, too. Hmm. Girl group from Atlanta, GA. T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Dude, and this goes to show you how tough really the music biz is. You can have Creep go number one. Waterfalls is like a part of Americana, basically. Everyone knows that song. And they still went broke. How? You know what I mean? Like, you really, the music biz is a tough biz. Well, in in music, it's either one of two things, or it could be both. You get screwed over, Uh or you just blow the money. Right. Sounds like they got screwed over pretty good. They, they, they signed a contract that wasn't so hot. They sold 65 million records worldwide. TLC was the best-selling American girl group. Unfortunately, April 25th of 2002, Left Eye was killed in a car crash while on vacation. She was also shooting a documentary about charity work in Honduras. She swerved to try to miss an oncoming car and ends up hitting another one. Um, that documentary did end up airing. They actually caught the crash on film. I don't know if the actual documentary showed that video. I've never seen it, but it aired on VH1 in May of 2007. They showed as much as they possibly could up until the, the actual impact. But yeah, they they it was uh, a bunch of a bunch of gals riding in a jeep or whatever, driving around having fun, and yeah, tragedy, tragedy. She also. Burned down Andre Risen's mansion. Yes, she did. Yes. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yes, she did. Oof. Um, VH1 ranked TLC the greatest female group. Uh, one of the greatest female groups. She, they were placed at number 12. Um, or no, let me take that back. So VH1 did name them the best female group, placed them at number 12 on their list of the 100 greatest women in music. Hmm. Billboard ranked TLC. The seventh most successful act of the 90s. Hmm. 
Five studio albums, 11 top 40 hits. This is their first of four number ones, and it's from their second album, Crazy Sexy Cool. So the song's about a woman who is not happy with her man, so she sneaks around and cheats on him. Uh Uh-huh, creeping. So the song was actually inspired by a real-life situation that T-Boz found herself in. She said, quote, creep, unfortunately, was one of my true stories and Uh didn't go into the story, at least from my research. But her close personal friend, Dallas Austin, who was a producer on this song, told him about the story. He wrote the song, but the trio had mixed feelings about the adulterous relationship that's portrayed in the lyrics. T-Boz herself thought that the subject matter was an important one, but left eye who was on probation at the time for setting her boyfriend's (laughs) house on fire, didn't like the idea and refused to contribute a rap to the song. Left Eye also didn't believe in an eye for an eye lyric concept that they went with. Eye for an eye, left eye. So she threatened to protest the single by wearing black tape over her mouth in the music video. She did not. Mm. They all came around to it. Won a Grammy for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group in 96. Also was nominated for Best R&B Song. Lost to Stevie Wonder's For Your Love. Travion, what do we think about that one? It's pretty good. It's not his best work, though, obviously. And not better than Creep. No. I mean, God. Ah. Now, TLC did perform this on Saturday Night Live. May 6th of 1995. The host that week was... Andre Risen. Not quite. Oh. Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that makes sense. And it, uh, you, know, that, you can hear the song on many TV shows. It's been used in movies as well. But did you know that there was an American rock band by the name of the Afghan Wigs mm-hmm. that covered this song? And who's in that group? The singer? Zendaya. Am I saying that right? Zendaya? Zendaya. Zendaya? Zendaya. She's in the HBO show Euphoria. Yes. She's gorgeous. I've heard people say Zendaya, and I'm like, that's not right. I believe it's Zendaya. She's a great actress, because she's in the Spider-Man stuff, too. Well, she dates. She was with Tom Holland, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Back in my day, she was on Shake It Up on Disney Channel with Bella Thorne. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's, That's a lineup. All right, guys, I got to get out of here just yeah. a little bit early. These two are going to take over a little Ask Us Anything after the break on the game. One, three, five, zero, K-M-A-N. That's who we work for, Trey. I know. What? Okay, big deal, big deal. <laughs> hey, man. For today's Ask a K-Rocker, it's Would You Rather Wednesday, okay? Would you rather ask an ex or a total stranger for a favor? Probably a total stranger. Oh, really? Case, yeah. Are you So you're not, uh, you and your exes don't get along so hot. It depends on which one, but yeah, yeah. a big one, definitely not. Ooh, there's one in particular you're like, I would rather eat uh, like a, a tarantula <laughs> than, than talk to that person ever again and ask them for help. I, I dig that. Um, also, would you rather, would you rather wear used underwear oh, like forever 
or, or only be able to use used toothbrushes. Underwear forever. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute, but how the used toothbrush should be go you go down or yeah, wait. The used toothbrush thing, what if you just ran it through the like super hot water like a bunch? No. <laughs> Plus if you always have to use used toothbrushes, you can never have the satisfaction of using a brand new toothbrush, which oh, is the best. It is kind of like one of the little parts of life. Oh my god. Okay, this thing, this computer keeps messing up on me. Because I have some, oh, okay. Would you, um, would you rather live forever with an eyelash in your eyeball or uh, something in your teeth? Eyelash in my eyeball, mm. I guess. Just walk around like, oh, there's Trey, that weird eyeball guy. I'd just be always like, Rubbing my eye all the time. What's wrong? I did a weird would you rather. Um, would you rather um, go swimming with sharks or camping with mountain lions? Swimming if sharks fight, like, was in a cage. You're not in a cage. You're just swimming. I don't know. They probably wouldn't have a reason to attack you initially. Yeah. I think. Whereas, I'm like, mountain lions, they're just like. Yeah, it's time ready, to feast. Ready to roll. I could. I feel like I could beat up a mountain lion better than I could beat up a shark. So I'm going mountain lion. Mountain lions can get buff, though. Yeah, no, they're like, buff. They're, they're strong. But it's dude. like I've tried to fight in a swimming pool before, and I just stunk at it. So I, I just, I'm out on that one. You can uh, at least stun a shark, like if you hit it hard enough. Really? I think so. If you punch it in the like head. in the head, yeah, yeah like hard enough. Whereas I think it, a mountain lion, it would just be like, "You hit my muscle, I'm gonna." You've angered you. You have angered me greatly. Oh, trait. Would you rather cut off your own finger or pay the person you dislike to go on their dream vacation? Probably the dream vacation. Yeah, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose a finger. Yeah, fingers are too cool. And like, if somebody's like, "Really." That's why you lost? It wasn't a cool table saw accident? <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, yeah, <laughs> dude, sorry. Um, are we good? How, how are we on time? We got about 10 seconds till I count down from 30. Oh, my God. Um, would you rather be unable to use search engines or social media? Get rid of those search engines. Really? Yeah, man. I know what I'm looking for at all times. Not me. I'm just going so shmeed. I don't need this in my life anymore. Thank you guys so much. I forget what Mitch said to look forward to. Just look forward to your <laughs> life, and we will see you back on Tuesday. K-State Volleyball. Right on, K-State Volleyball. Catch the action right here.